Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I wanted to go to the doctors to see what they could do for me, but... I, I was kind of too scared to talk to them about it. So I haven't actually been officially diagnosed with anything. I don't actually know what it is. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And this week we're chatting to Hazel Clark, a student and author. Her debut fiction book, Nightmare Scenarios, is out now. In it, she talks about a girl who suffers from psychosis and hears voices. Today we're going to be chatting about why she wanted to write about that. So um, I did a creative writing degree at uni and... The module was called Fantastic Worlds, so it was all about how to write fantasy, how to write sci-fi. So each week, like for example, one week we do like how to terraform another planet. So like how you would like go about how to write to live on Jupiter, for example. Um, so the assignment was to write an essay about the world you were creating and then write either a short story or the first chapter of a novel set in that world. So I did the first chapter of the novel. And then I had an internship for four weeks. And over those four weeks, on my breaks at lunchtime, I planned out the rest of it. And then I wrote the rest of it after the internship in 24 days. And then I was done. <laughs> okay, you didn't make it sound super easy. So that's... Oh, sorry. <laughs> there's no, like, magic secret that will make it easier for us. Uh, just, you just have to be good. Just plan. Like, so I used to get made fun of at uni for this, but I used to write... Well, actually, I'm not used to it. I still do. I write fan fiction. That's good. <laughs> like, do you know how many kids, no, not calling yeah. kid, but how many kids wrote um, fan fiction around like One Direction and now has like film deals? One Direction is like the most popular fan fiction yeah. ever. 
That's like the most popular topic. Oh, I'm not surprised, but it there gets very so weird. There are so many Harry Styles and Louis Tomlinson fanfics. It's insane. <laughs> Didn't they complain? This is getting completely They did track, complain because, right, Louis... Euphoria. Oh, that as well. But also, right, so there's a theory that Louis Tomlinson's baby isn't actually his. There's a theory that the baby isn't real at all. So apparently, at the same time, Louis's girlfriend at the time was expecting his, like, manager, one of his producers was expecting a baby. And they used that baby to pose with his girlfriend, Eleanor, at the time to take the wow. attention off Harry and Louis to stop thinking they were going out with each other because they were going out with each other, but I didn't want anyone to know. Do you believe in this? No, I don't. Okay, I'm just, you were very <laughs> It's convincing. just a popular internet theory. Is it, what kind of fan fiction... Was it that you're writing? Mm. Uh, that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, was I write, so, um, for my favourite K-pop group, Seventeen. I love K-pop. Oh, brilliant. And also for... This is going to sound really weird, because I don't know if any of you have children, so you might never heard of this. But there's a show called Miraculous Ladybug. It's a French children's television programme. It's one of the best things. You should watch it. Yeah, I've seen it. Series yeah. three has just finished. I had to watch the finale in Ukrainian with no English subtitles. I was in tears. I didn't know what happened, but I was so upset. <laughs> so good it's quite odd isn't it I, yeah i think it's i've good. seen it i think i've seen it i think i've seen it once with my niece and nephew and i didn't quite know what was going on but yeah it was it did seem it's quite very good, good. is it like that you see like so you see it once and you're like this is quite odd but then you have to sort of fix it a few more times and it then... is a bit weird hmm. but i do so it's about these two french teenagers one's called marinette one's called adrian and they go to high school together um but then Marinette has these magical earrings and Adrian has a magical ring and it turns them into these two superheroes called Ladybug and Shop Noir. And they go and fight enemies in Paris. <laughs> and I don't actually like the sound of that. So Marinette is in love with Adrian, but Adrian just sees her as a friend, but his alter ego, Shot alter ego Chat Noir is in love with Ladybug her alter ego but she sees him as just a friend so it's called oh, the love square that's very complicated so, yeah. so in your fan fiction are they just sorted and in love yeah essentially yeah, that would make more sense <laughs> that's, that's what everyone wants cool. so, so I, I used to get made fun of writing fanfic but so everyone on the course would only write the assignments but then I would do extra and write fanfic so not to be like rude to everyone I went to uni with so I would like improve all the time but they would only do the assignments try and write like i know not everyone has time to write loads but like something like fan fiction you can update it whenever you want you can go back and edit it whenever you want and you have pretty much free reign to write about whatever you want and i think when you're starting writing it's easier as well because you already have the characters there and you already have like a plot to sort of bounce off yeah so you like you mean you can add in new characters if you want and you can add in new new locations. But like it's fairly easy if you're not sure how to like start from scratch because you do have like a massive foundation to go off it. So I think that helped me to just be a better writer in general. But yeah. then planning, like I plan everything for ages. <laughs> so yeah. that helped as well. Good practice. Mm. So can you tell us a bit about your new book that you've got coming out? So it's called Nightmare Scenario and it's a young adult science fiction romance. So it's set in London in 2047 and it's about a girl called Gracie. She's 18 years old um, and she has three voices inside her head and every night when it hits sunset they... Uh, make her play this game called the nightmare scenario where they give her this horrific scenario and she has to do it and if she doesn't she um, like doesn't level up she has like xp to collect um, and if she doesn't get to a certain level by a certain date they will hurt her the book starts the day before her first day at university and on the first day at university um she starts to hear a new voice and she starts to fall in love with this voice so there's other things going on but so her mental health and like the romance between them is the main thing. But because it is science fiction book, 
there's all these other like things like about technology. So in the world, they, everyone has to wear this watch called the hourglass, which is a watch that's surgically attached to your wrist and it, like tracks everything you do. So you can't like commit a crime or anything. Like everyone will always know where you are. There are androids. And then also in this world, the London Underground has been bombed like in 2021. It's unusable. So they now have this thing called London Airground. So it's using quantum levitation, which is levitating objects with magnets. So um, the underground trains now levitate 10 meters up in the air and travel around the city that way. So, so yeah. <laughs> there's lots to take in there, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> at the start of it, um, why did you want to write about somebody who heard voices? Uh, so I hear voices myself. So I've been hearing voices since, it was actually really scary. It was when I was 17 and it was during my final A-level exam. Halfway through it, I started to hear voices. And at first it was just like really short words and they weren't making any like it wasn't a full sentence it didn't really make any sense and it was scary but I just kind of got on with the exam and it was because I'd been so stressed like I had so much to revise so much to remember and I had to like get a certain mark for a certain subjects in order to get on my course at uni so it was really stressful and it did get worse and worse when I went to uni so even though I didn't have any exams on my course I only had coursework and I didn't live in it you need to minimize the stress because I have autism so socializing with other people I'm not always great at um but it did get worse and worse until I was um 19 so halfway through my second year at uni at Christmas so I wanted uh to kill myself um I ended up uh not doing and then that summer I decided to write the book. So in between wanting to kill myself at Christmas and then writing the book that summer, like I wanted to go to the doctors to see what they could do for me, but I I was kind of too scared to talk to them about it. So I haven't actually been officially diagnosed with anything. I don't actually know what it is, but I did try and like talk to the voices and I don't recommend that people should do that. I'm not like a doctor or anything, but that helped me and I think part of the reason why I'm so scared to go to the doctors or anything like that is because of the huge stigma around something like psychosis or schizophrenia which I'm just presuming it is I don't know if it is that but so I definitely think in recent years things like anxiety and depression they've become a lot easier to talk about but something like psychosis and schizophrenia isn't so that is part of the reason essentially because of I wanted to talk about my own experiences so even though I never had to play the Nightmare Scenario or anything like that Eros, Psych and Terry the three voices in the book they're the ones in my head so and it was also kind of a way for me to try and understand it more as well as show everyone like what I've been through and that I was okay and it's okay to talk about it as well. Are you open with the people in your life about it? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, I don't like walk into a room and announce I hear voices. Like, I started my PhD last week and I didn't walk into the induction like, hi, my name is Hazel. I hear three voices. Would you like to come and talk to me? But like, I don't keep it a secret, though. That's great. Like, so, I mean, like my best friend currently, um, obviously, when I first met her, I didn't <laughs> open the conversation with I hear voices. I didn't tell her for a few months. Um, but no, like I... I will pretty much tell anyone I don't mind, but I don't use it as a conversation starter. It's a bit odd. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't lead with my diagnosis either. No. So I'm like, they can find that out. So. Yeah. But I'm surprised that you say that because um, you mentioned you were still kind of worried about going to the doctor. Yeah. Is that still a concern or are you still thinking about doing that? I think I'm leaning more to going because even though I have become less stressed, they haven't, I still hear the voices and whilst... 
I don't mind so much anymore. It's obviously still a concern. Like as much as I don't want it to be a taboo thing to talk about, I know it's not normal, essentially. Well, it's, I mean, I'd spent most of my, like 17 years of my life without it being there. So for me, it's not normal. So whilst it is the normal for me at the minute, I would like some help. So I am thinking about it. So um, hopefully I'll be able to. No but pressure. <laughs> I just would recommend, because I was also terrified to go to the doctor. I don't know mm. if you were as well. I'm trying to remember. I think, because I, I sort of came in it the other way where I wasn't terrified to go about depression mm. because that was I basically had my mum say, you're going to the doctor. And then when I, because I got bipolar disorder, when I had my manic episode, I sort of, it's not I didn't have a choice in it, but like afterwards I just sort of, Again, I just, my mum sort of helped me, sort of basically took me to a mental health unit. So, um, yeah. A slightly different experience. It's, slightly, it's a slightly different thing. I, yeah. It does help, though, because I think yeah. for me, it's just like, even if I'm doing fine now, I want to know what would happen or what I would need to do if it suddenly got really bad. Because yeah. I have, as well, because I had have some bad experience. So when I was first diagnosed with depression, so the doctor who diagnosed with me with it, like they were really supportive and they were great about it. But then I got referred for CBT mm. and I did attend. And I think I was meant to have six sessions, but I ended up only going to four because the therapist essentially didn't believe I had a problem. And I was like, I want to kill myself. I quite clearly, there's something going on. I, I need your help. And she just wasn't helpful. So I guess in a way, I'm also a bit scared that for whatever reason, they're not going to believe me. And I have help, had people tell me in the past that, I'm lying about it that schizophrenia or psychosis doesn't manifest in the way I have it but I think with mental illness it's not like a physical illness like if you have a cold everyone will have a runny nose a sore throat a headache but a mental illness it's different in everyone so whereas you might have similar things it will ultimately be different in everyone and the way to treat it will be different pretty much as well so I am kind of scared about that as well. If you had one bad experience, it yeah massively. Mm. So especially when it's something like my mental health is like such a big part of my life and it affects everyone so mm. much. So yeah, it's probably another part of the reason as well. When you say you hear voices, mm. I think a lot of people don't fully understand like how that works or like what it feels <laughs> like. So the first time you did, you said you were taking an exam, right? Yeah, it was just scary. Did you know immediately it was in your head or did it could you hear it in the same way that you would hear like a like banging the table or whatever well at first I wasn't sure so I was halfway through the exam and so the way the exam was it was two hours long and it was on two different subjects so it was kind of split in half and I finished with like five minutes extra time so I was like okay I'll just take a minute to myself have some water and I was in the gym at my college it's a massive gym and the only sound with people like the invigilators walking up and down and people writing and obviously you weren't allowed to speak so when I started hearing it quietly I mean like I was looking around I, like everyone was you know face down on the desk and the invigilators weren't saying you know be quiet or anything and then when it got louder I was like okay this is obviously something in my head not something in the room so I did kind of no, immediately. And we did actually go to the doctors at first because I told my mum pretty much straight away about it. And because I've been under so much stress, and I did at this point already have anxiety and depression. They were just like, it's a symptom of that. It's a symptom of the stress. And they, I was put on medication for the first time and they were like, it will go away once you get less stressed. But at the time we didn't know I was autistic. And so I have this 
as part of it, I have this thing called adjustment disorder where I had this massive routine being in college. And then when I finished for the summer, so after that last exam, I pretty much had nothing. I had like no schedule, no timetable until I would go back to university. So, and it really like messed me up. Like I had a really bad summer that year. I was looking, I was going to do like loads of different things. And I just pretty much did none of it because of the voices I was hearing and not having set timetable so like I do really kind of enjoy being in education or even just like going to work because you have a set schedule of when you get there when you leave when you get home things like that I, I kind of thrive with a schedule to be honest that's nice that's cool. <laughs> yeah can you tell us a bit more about the voices themselves you said they all have names is that right yeah well at first they didn't so at first they were just literally like uh, like just like literally just voices who would say words not like full sentences and then as after like a year or so they kind of became three so it started off with just Eros that was him and then Psyche and then Terry so Eros is like an older guy Psyche is like an older woman and then Terry is more like a young teenage boy so I don't really know like what they're from <laughs> like I I've never encountered anyone called like I think Eros and Psyche from like Greek mythology, so I don't know what that's about. No, I don't. I never met anyone called Terry before. So, um, so at first they could be quite malicious, but more in so, but not telling me to hurt anyone or myself. Like I always had like pretty low self esteem, and they would tell me things like, "Oh, you're ugly, you're fat, and stuff like that," and just make me feel really low about myself. But now we are kind of like friends, I guess. It's probably, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. And uh, they like to play basketball a lot. That's not enjoyable. That's quite annoying. You hear the sounds of the basketball? Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. I'm sorry not to I turn don't... you into like a <laughs> no, under the microscope. So like I generally hear the voices more at night, which is why in the novel Gracie only has to play the scenario at night. Mm. So like sometimes they do crop up in the day when I do get more stressed. But yeah, like I, I try and like get along with them, I guess now. Um, so yeah, I don't mind them as much. That's in, we spoke to someone who has um, dissociative identity disorder mm. and she said something quite similar where she said when she stopped being kind of scared of them and got to know them, mm. it felt a lot better. Yeah. Which sounds, I think, kind of similar. Yeah, I think so. Like, I guess because I've also, I've also grown up with believing that people with like schizophrenia and psychosis are insane essentially because I've grown up believing that I like thought the same about myself and was kind of like scared for about a year of like my own brain and like my own thoughts and things because like I I knew I didn't have three people in my head like I knew it was my brain so instead of being like paranoid and thinking like someone had done something to my head like I knew it was me but I was still kind of scared of myself. How did you find out their names? Did they tell you their names? I asked them when I tried to like befriend them. And how did you befriend them? We just I just kind of like started engaging with them. So before I would um, either just ignore them or like put my headphones in and like drown them out with music. So by engaging with them, so obviously they can only talk about things they've learned from me. So at the minute they like to talk about Brexit, for example. Mm-hmm. They love Brexit. So we, we'll have a discussion about it, but obviously like, they won't have any inside information that's not in my own thoughts already like they don't have their own political opinions <laughs> like so I don't know if they'll leave us or remain as I don't have that answer. <laughs> oh, that's interesting if they are different opinions to you um yeah maybe I will <laughs> but yeah so just engaging with them like 
it started very small at first because obviously I was still scared but yeah now I wouldn't say I'm scared of myself like I do get freaked out sometimes and sometimes when I'm not stressed um I won't hear them for several days and then they'll just come back suddenly I was like oh okay I forgot about that thing um but yeah I'm coping like 10 times better are there any ways that you find found that you could get a break from them at all other than music no not really so I love music I always have a pair of headphones with me and so my favorite genre of music is k-pop which I feel helps because it's in Korean <laughs> different language to what they can speak um, but I have since started learning Korean and because of that they can now also speak some Korean so that was a bad move <laughs> I can so. see why you'd want to learn yeah because when you do yeah. start listening to it you do want to yeah because so, there's bits of english in it aren't there yeah, the yeah. so i get the occasional two words i'm like oh yes i understood that so my best friend she can speak like pretty much fluent korean so she, all last year she taught me so yeah, that's cool yeah. korean mm. is difficult mm. i tried doing not duolingo but similar oh, duolingo. Wow. And I was like, no this is much too complicated for an app i need someone literally to show me mm. i think as other languages go it's all right because like especially for asian languages because it's uh, like I don't have a proper name for it it's character language like yeah. syllables so like in English this letter means this yeah. it's the same in Korean but for example in Chinese it's different so all the characters you have to learn the character for a certain word but the pronunciation you don't get that from the character I think that's where I find it difficult because I also try Japanese and it's just, uh, yeah. it's very yeah, Japanese is a mixture of both yeah. oh my god it seems complicated <laughs> but again you would be able to do that because you're very smart you're writing <laughs> at a young age I'm still not jealous it's fine <laughs> So with the voices, do you ever feel like they've ever helped you at all or told you anything useful? Or is it more that you have the negative stuff and now you're having a better relationship with them? Yeah, I say it's that. Like they don't give me like any insight into things. Like like I've said, like I've I've always had pretty low self-esteem. So obviously they were kind of like feeding off that, if that's the right word. Um, so yeah, we have a good relationship now, but like they don't. To give me any extra information because obviously like they can only really build on what things I know like so if something happened tonight that I didn't know about till tomorrow morning they wouldn't know about it till tomorrow morning either um so yeah just a better relationship but not that like I'm advocating that people who do hear voices should do that they should probably go to the doctors like me <laughs> I think both though yeah I, maybe I think it sounds yeah. helpful I mean like it works for yeah. me but not to say that it'll work for everyone, because like I said, like physical illnesses and mental illnesses, everyone experiences them differently with mental illnesses. And they're all like you probably can apply some treatment methods for them all that are the same. But also everyone else kind of needs like their own individual like treatment plan for it. Definitely. Very responsible. Definitely. Um, how do your family feel about all this? I mean, honestly, I only really talked to my mum about it. So I have three brothers. And honestly, I didn't think any of them really understood like to the full extent how much I hear voices and stuff until they'll read it so only one of my brothers has finished reading it and he doesn't speak to me much about it but I think he was kind of a bit like I didn't know that was what you were going through like because I do hide things very well so I was having a hard time pretty much from when I finished college till halfway through university and I didn't really tell anyone but I, to everyone else, I still looked okay. Like some of my novel came out and all my friends from university read it and they found out what I'd been going through all that time. And they were all apologizing for not being able to do anything. I was like, it's okay. I didn't tell any of you. None of you knew. Like I, 
I didn't want any of you to know. So, but my my mum, she's really supportive. She works with people with mental illnesses and stuff. So, like as like as lucky, I'm super lucky. Yeah, yeah, because she gets it. Yeah, I think and that's it. a difficult thing because mm. if you say psychosis or schizophrenia, yeah. I think people don't understand yeah. what that means. Mm. I think it's good that you're writing about it as well because that mm-hmm. must be more yeah explanatory yeah definitely it must have been kind of cathartic but also a really great way like you say to open up a conversation Mm. without you having to sort of sit down every single person in your life and be like by the way yeah this is going on so like even so before when i came into london i got a a text driver i was like oh what are you here for so i was like oh i'm here for to record this podcast and he asked me oh what for so i told him about my book and he was like oh where'd you get an idea for that so i told him i had psychosis and he was fine with it because like we use the book as like to open the conversation so it was really good because i think what you said before about how depression and anxiety have become more Mm. kind of accepted i do think psychosis and schizophrenia are still kind of considered like the like dangerous ones because like when you hear about it in the news it's like the last time the big story was i think it was a shooter in las vegas who was schizophrenic and had obviously killed a load of people and obviously you're not going to hear about it in the news when a schizophrenic person's done something good because that just doesn't like they don't report on like good things they only report on like when there's been a disaster so which is understandable but it does kind of like give it a bad name i guess when i would assume that most people with schizophrenia and psychosis aren't like that so they definitely aren't i think there's still an image problem i don't know yeah. if it's films or what i can't even I think know what probably seen. films as well yeah yeah don't films help. don't help some some books and yeah there's just yeah. a misconception that like if you have psychosis they're automatically the voices saying like hurt someone or do yeah. this but that's not really mm. the case i mean mm. like it definitely does happen but so it's not to take away from that but a lot of the time a lot of people with schizophrenia and psychosis like me if that's what i have are able to function fairly normally i would say i'm able to function as a fairly normal human being with it so but it's, it's kind of what i'm looking in for into for my phd so um I'm looking at the portrayal of mental health in novels, but comparing England and Asia. So one of the characters in my novel, uh, the voice she falls in love with, um, he is Asian mm. and he's from uh, like Japan, South Korea, that kind of area. And the reason why he's Asian is because of how badly mental health is viewed. Like, So South Korea and Japan are in like the top six countries for suicide rates, mm. but they have like some of the worst mental health care they like literally do not talk about it at all it's terrible so that's what my phd is in to help with the second book yeah Mm. that's really interesting and tell us about your plans for the future because you're already working on your next book aren't you Mm -hmm. so book two so we're having a chat before with my publisher and we're thinking again for mental world mental health day on 10th of october next year if that's the right date (laughs) um so it's going to be like it picks up directly after the first book ends like the last line of book one it starts directly afterwards um and then the same will be for book three so assuming we're going for all of them in a row year after year so it'll probably be second book next october and then third book october after and then a year later um i'll finish my phd and then my plan is to hopefully go into teaching hopefully write some other books don't know what on (laughs) um but yeah I think teaching is where I want to be especially at university so my experience at universities hasn't been super great as a disabled student with mental health problems 
And so all the students at university who are disabled are supposed to have uh, called reasonable adjustments and the tutors do not do anything about them. It's really terrible. For me, it's because so on my writing course, they are supposed to read, if I want them to, not just in general, a draft of work and give me feedback. And some of the tutors do that for everyone, but some will just blank out, refuse to, even though it's a reasonable adjustment and it's actually against the law to ignore them. Mm. Um, so I actually, I'm also a note taker at my university and my student is visually impaired. So part of his reasonable adjustments are to like have the notes ahead of time so he can use his screen reader. He never gets them. Mm. So it's really bad. I don't know if it's the same across all universities universities I've only been to two mm. so but at both it's been f fairly poor and it's like such an important thing like as much as disabled stu people and people with mental health issues should be treated as like every every other people sometimes they do need that extra help and they shouldn't just be ignored because the tutor is lazy and doesn't want to help essentially and like you said it is illegal yeah to want to so um I think that's what I want to do so Obviously, I've been autistic my entire life. I didn't find out till I was 18, which is quite a late diagnosis. A lot of people are usually diagnosed um, like between like four and eight, like usually when you're in the infants in primary school. So mine's a pretty late diagnosis. And I did to like kind of take it badly at first. I actually had to have bereavement counselling because I kind of like lost my sense of identity. Because even though I had been autistic my entire life, I did feel I was a completely different person after learning about it. So it's... It was it was really a really odd experience, but I have I feel like I've been able to see life from both a non-disabled person's point of view and a disabled person's point of view and how drastically different it is and how some people do treat me differently once they realise I hear voices or that I'm autistic. I think in general our reaction to you has just been you've written a book. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. It's amazing that you want to kind of go back into the environment that maybe wasn't the most supportive actually changed things yeah like it's really cool especially as a postgraduate i feel for undergraduates it's a lot more support but for postgraduate there's literally there's literally been nothing at the university i attend it's really bad <laughs> i think my other question was going to be if the voices now say something horrible about you do you know that that's not true and can you argue with it yeah I think so. Like, I mean, like, I obviously, like, everyone has, like, their low self-esteem days. They're just like, oh, I look terrible today. Um, but I just, like, try and turn it back on them because, like, like, obviously, I know it's my own brain. It's just like, oh, you're ugly today. I was like, well, I don't even know what you look like. So you might look terrible. <laughs> so in, in my book, they do, like, take a, a physical form. She can, like, see them as, like, floating, like, uh, holograms um, to try and, like, give them more of an identity and to also, like, scare her more because... The idea in the book is that they're trying to like control her using fear, essentially. So I do try and like turn it around back on them. It's just like, well, who are you to say this to me when I I don't even know what you look like? It's easy to be mean if you. Yeah, I guess it's a bit like people on the internet, I mean, like in the comment sections, are saying all this stuff about people they watch on YouTube, but they're not showing their face yeah. and they're not putting themselves out there. They're using a fake name, a fake profile picture, and they can say whatever they like with no consequences, really. Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. 
If you've been struggling with any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please call the Samaritans. They're on 116123. Also, you can find them online at samaritans.org. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.